I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. Today, we get to know London Kay, a crochet artist who has done super cool stuff like covering an entire school bus with crochet for Gap, crocheted a vibrant floor-to-ceiling display window installation for the Red Valentino store in Rome, and whose work, if you live in New York City or LA, you might have even passed some streets with one of her many, many yarn bombs. She's an incredible artist and was so fun to chat with. But first, don't forget to my lovely fiber friends. Um, I have a shop and I sell yarn and rope for macrame and weaving. You can get 15% off my shop um, at naromastudio.com. The code is the Fiber Artist Podcast, and you can go get yourself some of that fiber goodness. Uh, and by the way, I don't know why I have not mentioned this um, basically since like the very first episode, maybe, but if you have any questions or you want to, um, you want me to ask certain questions to my guests, or if you want to reach out to suggest guests, or if you want to sponsor the podcast or know someone who does, shoot me an email at thefiberartistpodcast at gmail.com. I honestly don't need to be plugging my own shop all the time, so uh, feel free to get in touch. Okay, I think that is all of our admin stuff taken care of. Here is London K. Hi, London. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I will say that like talking to you is a little bit different because I ha- you're actually like a new um, Instagram person that I've just recently started following, and I am so excited to get into your story. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Awesome. So um, if you could just kind of start out and let people know. So, um, you know, I will have already introduced you as sort of a street artist, yarn bomber, crochet artist. Um, can you tell me just a little bit about your background and um, how, did, how did you get to this point in life, it, which is like so amazing? I never would have dreamed that this is where I'd be at this point in life, but I've always loved to crochet. I started crocheting when I was 13 and like right from the start, it was just something that like calmed me down, kept me at peace because I was very active. Like I grew up dancing, doing ballet and gymnastics and running around. So for some reason, crochet kept me like calm, which was really nice. nice. Who taught you? Uh, my friend's mom taught me on a whim. I'm still friends with her now. Oh, like, that's so awesome. One of my best friends growing up. Um, so her mom taught me and she taught me with a really big crochet hook and a really chunky yarn. So I started making scarves really, really fast. Yeah, that's the and, best. Oh my gosh. That's how yeah. I learned too, like on big, big stuff where you can have like immediate gratification. <laughs> that's the whole point. So often you hear like I started a scarf six years ago and never finished. So yeah. this is a way to like, get it done. Yeah, definitely. So um, where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I'm from Los Angeles. I grew up, um, we moved a lot around like Southern California growing up, but I'm from here and I just moved back here about a year ago. So I'm coming from downtown LA in the arts district and uh, it has a very Brooklyn vibe here. It totally so, does. Oh, like so, it. Were, so were you living in Brooklyn before that? I was. Okay. I was. I lived uh, in New York for the 10 years prior, prior to this. Damn, so I'm girl. a good mix. Yeah, we could have known each other in a previous life, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I, I'm in New Jersey now, but I lived in Brooklyn for a while. Um, cool. So, okay, so let's go back to like, so you learned when you were 13 years old, you learned how to crochet and you, did you like continue doing it all through your sort of college life? Oh no, I'm losing you. Oh, you're back. We're back. Okay. Sorry. We lost connection for a little bit. So I'm just going to, I'm going to re-ask that. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Um, So were you continuing to crochet like from the minute you learned or did you sort of put it down and let other things take over for a while? And how, how was um, like, you know, through high school and I don't know if you went to college or tell me, tell me all about that part. You got it. Um, So I didn't put it down. I started crocheting when seventh grade or so and um, dancing at the same time. And I got a really bad back injury in ninth grade and I couldn't dance for a whole year. I usually don't say, but I broke my back in two places. So it was like serious. Had to wear a brace, the whole deal. Did you break Um, it dancing or was it doing something else? Yeah, I danced like very competitively. So it was from all the banging of like the gymnastics on the dance floor. And yeah. Wow. So 
crazy. Um, luckily because I was so young, it was like, okay, if you stop dancing, things can heal. So, um, I stopped for a year and I started selling scarves and I went crazy. I sold so many scarves. I was able to buy my car when I was 16 from scarf money. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Nothing fancy by any means, but like right from the start, I like kind of thought of crochet as more than just something to relax is more of like a business. Right. Not so much a hobby, but straight into a business. Yeah. And people would like pick their color scarves. Like girls at my dance studio would do like red and white stripes for the candy cane dance and the nutcracker and like everything was customized. So it was a really fun, fun way to do it. Yeah. That's so cool. Were you selling um, only to people in person or were you also selling online? Oh my goodness. No. Uh, Back then, I guess when I started, I was not selling online. It was just in person. And then I went to different stores around my like community. And so little shops bought my scarves too. And like, um, yeah, I sold my first car for $2. Uh, that's it, so went up, it went up from there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but once I was able to go back dancing, I couldn't do it to the same level that I was like doing it before. Right. But crochet went to the back burner again. I, um, ended up getting a full scholarship for dance to college at NYU. Oh, wow. And that's amazing. It was like so I was so grateful to be able to like go to school in such a fun way. But I always knew dancing wouldn't be my career because of the injury that I had had before. Right, right. So that was kind of my journey to New York. Crochet was no more. Um, but I, I like still loved it. Right, right. But I'm sure you're like so busy with school. And since you were there for dance, you were probably, you know, rehearsing a ton and doing. Exactly. Yeah. And was in college. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, had yeah. Other, I had other priorities. And- <laughs> and not just in college, but in, in college in New York City, in the East Village. Like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. It was the year the first iPhone came out. And I, like, saved all my money to, like, or because I bought the car, no more scarf right, money. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I like got that first iPhone and it like showed you how to get around like with Google maps. And if I didn't have that, I don't know what I would have done. Uh, yeah, I, I moved to New York right, right before that. I guess it was probably, I don't know, a few years before that. And I was still using like the fold out accordion, um, train map or whatever. And it was just like, you know what I'm talking about? Just like the MTA map. It was hard. It was hard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, especially in the West Village, which is a complete maze mm-hmm. to me still. Like, I still don't know. I just get lost. Same. Yeah. Sometimes there's certain parts in New York I still get lost. Completely. Yeah, and that is for sure one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, so you're in NYU. Did you um, dance the whole time you were there, like all four years? or? I did. The um, dance program in- <laughs> the dance program at NYU is three years and you stay uh-huh. for the two summers to make up for your fourth year because oh. they want they want girls out and dancing. Right. Um, so it was really cool um, to kind of get get through college, get to experience New York for those full kind of three years like that. Yeah. And I still crocheted, but like not not really thinking anything more of it than a hobby that usually people older than me do. Right, 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 right. Just <laughs> something you like and you probably had like unfinished projects in the corner and Right. Yeah. So always a stash pile is like piling up of random things that I make. Because yeah. it really is a great way to just like relax and yeah. be free. Totally. <laughs> and also like at the end of it have something to show for that time. I don't know right. about you, but for me that was like a big thing. I was like, oh the results. Like my something tangible I can hold. <gasps> oh, it's so yeah, it's so great. Yeah. Okay. So what happened next? You go, you go through school okay. and then you stayed in, so you stayed in New York for a few more years, it sounds like. Oh yeah. So after that, moved to Brooklyn, uh, started working at the Apple store. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but I always loved technology. So I thought, okay, if I can get like a job out of college and support myself, that would be great. So I got a job working there. And about two years into that, I was getting really like frustrated that I wasn't doing more. I always felt like I would do something more creative. So I started writing like lists of all the things that I just love to do. And it'd be like crochet, Photoshop, collaging, like random things. Um, But crocheting was always at the top of that list. And 
one night really late working at Apple, there was an artist that came in and she had a crazy crocheted bag. Her name is Olek. I feel like people listening to this podcast may know. I know. Her. I have a, I have a funny Olek story to tell you, but keep going, keep going. I'd love to hear. Um, <laughs> So I didn't know who she was at the time, but I was like starstruck. We are about to close just like I was when I met you. (laughs) Um, So the store was about to close. So no one was really in there. And she went over to get the computer like set up. And I was the girl who helped people set up computers that night. And so we briefly talked. And right when she left the store, I like Googled her name because we had thousands of computers around. Yeah. And Somehow through that Google, I discovered something called the arm bombing. And at that time, it was simply like wrapping a tree or tree in crochet or knit fabric, mm-hmm. really. And a light bulb just went off. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this. Uh, so that was a big moment. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love that. Um, did you, what year was this? Was this like? This was 2013. Okay. Okay. So cool. So yeah, because so, that's around um, the time when I discovered yarn bombing as well. But yeah, yeah, keep going. Okay. Um, and through that, I found out yarn bombing was first kind of invented by Magda Saeed. She's based out of Austin, Texas. And I think it was in like 2005. She took a tiny piece of crochet and wrapped it or knit, I think she knit, um, around the doorknob of her yarn shop. And people just started talking about it. So that's kind of where it started. Ah, um, I did but, not know that. Yeah. Even 2013, though, was kind of like very early for this. There were so few people doing it. Um, But I went home and I had that stockpile of like crocheted goodness sitting in my corner. I grabbed this lime green scarf with this like hideous pink border and I ran outside, tied it around um, in Brooklyn, just a tree on my corner and crocheted it to the tree and like left a tag with my like email so people could figure out who did it. Oh, and nice. And I was like, okay, this will be ripped down tomorrow. It's bed It's like going to be late at night. Someone's going to want it as a blanket or a scarf. So be it. Um, but the next day it was still there. And within that first week, somebody reached out to me saying, me and my granddaughter stop at your tree every day. We talk about it. It makes our morning like, thank you. Oh my and God. That's so awesome. I, I, I lit up. I was like, yes, I need to do more. Um, so I gave myself a 30 day challenge. Sorry if I'm rambling. No, this is, um, <laughs> this is exactly what I love. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> I gave myself a 30 day challenge and every day for 30 days, I was going to put something outside and leave it there for people to enjoy just to like, see if this is something I really like to do. I was in that process of self-discovery yeah, yeah, um, and listening to these TED talks. And like, if you do something for 30 days, it becomes a habit. And I thought if I could do it for 30 days, then that, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Instagram was like, I mean, I had like a personal Instagram, but it was so early on on the Instagram, right, right. but I started my account and for these yarn bombs and every day I posted a different thing and it just continued to go from there. So it would be pl- like different pieces placed in a public setting, like all around Brooklyn or around New York City. Exactly. Okay. Like, and I did, all I do is like really single crochet. All I knew how to make was a scarf. Like okay. I was not trained at all um, with all that. So it started out with like scarves around trees. And then I learned to like make a heart and I hung it up on a fence. And then I learned to like write so like chaining and like mm-hmm. making words. And it was just like 4th of July was a big one because I was like, I want to make an American flag. And I'd never made anything like that. So all these things kind of like kept pushing me to try new things. And by the end of the challenge, I, I didn't stop at 30 days. I stopped at 50. And it was like a girl leaping on a fence. Oh, that is so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So it was really cool to get to kind of figure out my own style and um, what I was doing. And there was no one to look at or kind of mimic at that time. Right, right, right. So it was like truly uh, an original kind of thing. Yeah. And like a real, um, I don't know, like a real art project for yourself to figure out how you're going to like, where you're going to take it and how far you can evolve it. And because 50 days of doing any, like doing anything for 
12 days in a row is hard, let alone 30, let alone 50. So you must have felt like you were growing so much during that time. Were you working at the same time? Like, were you still at Apple while you were doing oh, this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Full-time Apple. Um, I would do it before work, after work, at lunch breaks. Like, Oh, my God. That's so fun. All, yeah. <laughs> I um, worked at Apple a total of five years. So oh, this wow. was two years, two and a half years in probably. And then I was still worked full-time for a year then went part-time for a year, and then finally quit. Okay. So, so what was your mindset while you were there? When you're Because you're working, but you're also working. You're probably spending just like an equal amount of hours on your crocheting um, for this project. Like, Did you feel like while you were at your day job, you were constantly thinking about crochet? Or was it like, you know, did you feel like you had a plan with it? I didn't feel like I had a plan with it. I like uh, – 14 hours sitting and crocheting is like my ideal day of my life. So it was almost like I couldn't wait to like get to start on these sorts of things. Like yeah. it was so exciting to be able to be doing something really fulfilling with crochet because yes, I liked making scarves, but it wasn't like so exciting. This just like, I mean, still, I can't wait to like be able to start crocheting my next project. So yeah. it's my, I really am passionate about it, which helps. That's so awesome. How did you think of like things to crochet and things to create? Like, did they just come to you or how did you, I mean, I mean, doing like 50 of them, I just, it's like a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of brainstorming, I think, like to think of what to do next. So how did you come up with those ideas? New York is such an inspiring city. I think that had a lot to do with it. And like the just concrete kind of jungle of Brooklyn, like yeah. there's so possibilities. I remember one of them that I did early on was like a statue of Muhammad Ali. It's like a small statue oh. in front of a shop, nothing like super legit or anything. Um, so I'm not saying I'm like breaking the law. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but I like two beanies on his boxing gloves. Like those two beanies I had made probably three years prior to that. And they were just sitting in my house. So it, I saw the statue, connected it with things that I had in my stockpile and like then was able to execute it in a way that I never, never dreamed of when I was making it. So it was kind of more of a puzzle back then. Mm -hmm. Um, after that, and now like that, then nobody was even watching me. Like it was so cool. I didn't have to worry. There was no pressure. Right, Anything was like right. perfect or good or one was better than the next. Like that didn't matter. Yeah. This was all just uh, for you, which was pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. But by the end of that challenge, like Someone had reached out. I got to do accessories for um, a fashion show at fashion, New York Fashion Week. They Already? needed some crochet that's, accessories. That's so cool. So, so there were like these little things that like also kept me doing it, um, which helped too. Because I think if like no one was like, if people were like negative towards it, right. I wouldn't have continued. Right. So with each piece that you put out there, you put a tag on it that so, so that people yeah. could find you. Definitely. Yeah. And um Another one of the projects that came in pretty early on, I made this like really beautiful, not to brag. No, 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 please. <laughs> it was I'm a sure. very big, big like snowflake. Um, and it was snowing that day and it was just on a fence in Bed-Stuy, huge. Oh, wow. And a buyer from this shop called ABC Carpet and Home happened to live right there on the corner and they were doing a window display and they're like, we would love some of these in our window. That it was just like amazing. Okay, because ABC, I, I don't, uh, people who are not in New York or whatever, but um, this shop is like in Union Square. It's like one of the, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it's like anthropology home come to life, but like times one thousand. It's yeah, it's amazing. huge. Yeah, and they were the ones that were like, we could sell these for X amount, and I was like, that's how much I make in a week working yeah. at Apple. What am I doing? <laughs> Oh my God, that's so, so awesome. That was another like nice light bulb moment where um, it was just another sign like, okay, unconventional crochet has a lot of places yeah. uh, in this world that I never dreamed of. Yeah. So what did, did ABC, they took the piece, you made pieces for their window display, but then also made pieces to sell? Yeah. That's so, so cool. So they, they still have some dream catchers there. Like I'll send them uh, different things or switch them out. But they've been a great client since the beginning. Wow. So you're still working with them. That's so awesome. Okay. So tell me, um, so this starts to evolve 
Um, at what point do you decide? And I'm assuming now this is your full time. Like you're a full time artist, full time crochet artist. <laughs> yeah, full time crochet all day, every day. Um, I, I've been full time doing this now for about three and a half years. Okay. And how did you decide to make that um, to make the leap? Oh my gosh, I had every excuse in the book. Like it's like, what about health insurance? What about my discount off computers? What about like anything just to like not leave? But I was able to get a project. This is like still one of the biggest projects I've ever done. It was a crocheted billboard in Times Square, 50 feet by 25 feet, all crocheted. They needed it in three weeks. Oh my God. And so I went to Apple and I was like, you know what? I think it's time. Yeah, yeah. I've got to go. And by this point, they knew what I was doing. I wasn't there nearly as much as I was before. Um, so, but I'm so happy that I had that while I was doing this or else I don't know, like I wouldn't have been able to stay as authentic or like really truly do what I want to do. I yeah. would have maybe been doing it just to be able to pay rent. Right, so right. it was really lucky to have them for all those years. And then, um, yeah, now have been on my own for a long time. That's amazing. So um, you've had like a buttload of like big corporate clients. Um, how did those usually come about? And how did how do you feel like they discovered you? Generally, I did this video once where I crocheted poles on the subway of the L train. And it was Valentine's Day and I hung up a bunch of hearts. It is surprising how many people see that and will be like, I wow. saw you on the... Um, but usually I get, it's through my website. People will reach out with different like inquiries or projects, um, things that they're looking for. And I just go from there. But when I got an email and it was signed the house of Valentino, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, there's no way that they are reaching out to me right now. But they saw the video of the YouTube subway oh yarn bomb. <laughs> You guys can if you're not watching this video, you guys, you can and you're only listening to the podcast, my jaw is like on the floor. I would have I would have fucking died. Like Oh. Yeah. I I did not believe it until long into our email. It took a Skype call for me to believe that this was happening yeah. with them. So Oh my god. So what what, what did you end up doing with them? It's really crazy. There's a lot of similarities between Wendy, Chen, and myself. They're not similarities, but they kind of are. Mm -hmm. um, like Apple and things. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, totally. Uh, I what they did 14 different window displays around the around the world of um, crocheted backdrops. I w did a capsule collection with them that launched in their store in London where I got to go and live crochet oh a window display God. and, and launch the, the collection. Um, and then also did another like live crochet event in Rome where I hung up window displays and it was just so, so fun. That's exhilarating. Oh my gosh. So do you it find does. that you're, um, so you got to travel a lot with them. Did you, have you been able to do more traveling since then for projects? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's my favorite part is traveling no matter where it is. I just got back from a project in Toronto, um, hanging up a large angel wing installation for mental health awareness month out there. That's so cool. I saw and, that on your Instagram. It's so beautiful and such a like good photo out too. <laughs> it is. Um, but that project was particularly wonderful because of like the love that they put to the art. Like mm. it's always really exciting when you get someplace and you have your art and you install it and like the people that brought you there make it even better than you could imagine yeah um, so that was definitely one of those those projects so That's that so was cool. cool yeah um, I, the other travel I've gotten to do this is completely random but I was on the amazing race the uh it's like a reality show yeah, yeah, where I, you know. I saw it on your Instagram I'm like I have to ask her about that <laughs> It had nothing to do with my crochet. I met the host at a sushi restaurant, like no crochet related, but I did get to travel because of that too. That's how long, how long was that? Like the taping it of it and all that? A month of, um, being away from everything, your family, mm -hmm. your phone, your computer. It's actually very relaxing. I don't think I'll ever get that experience again where you can like totally unplug. Yeah. Um, but it was also very stressful. Um, yeah, I feel like being on a reality show, like an elimination reality show is like 
<laughs> the hardest thing ever to your entire like psyche. I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know. I couldn't. I don't think I could handle it. Yeah, and everybody, if you like watch the season, they'll have like a, a crocheted hat or like randomly a crocheted oh, scarf. But but I had to ditch the yarn. Uh, like episode six, things uh, got very serious. <laughs> what do you <laughs> so mean? So the yarn like, had to go. Oh my gosh. It's just like, you want to win. And like your backpack needs to be as light as possible. The yarn uh, was like, I was like taking projects out and like remaking things at the airports. And it was like, I was done. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh my God. That's great. Where were you for the, like what country were you traveling through? Oh my gosh. Everywhere. Started in LA, but went to like Brazil, Vietnam, oh. Norway, Italy. Africa to Tanzania and Zanzibar, like crazy spots. Oh my God. That's like insane travel. Yeah. Insane travel. You don't, you aren't even on a time zone, like at that point, but it was a great experience. Yeah. Like when you, while you were doing it, were you, how was your mental health while you're doing it? I seriously wonder about this on when people are on a reality show. It's like, I'm not one to get homesick and I had never felt like so kind of like lonely. I was homesick a bit because like, you're relying on yourself in these situations. There's no one to just kind of like vent to. Mm-hmm. And um, as it goes on and on, you do get so tunnel visioned in things. Um, but the people that you're traveling with, or like I think in any of the shows are with, becomes like your family. Like the relationships you form through mm-hmm. these experiences are so like you can't be anything but yourself that um, you really get to meet great people that. I mean, the cast I was with looked like a reality show cast, like yeah, yeah. everyone from all over. And it's really cool to get to meet them. But mentally, it's, you know, it's everything you think it'd be. Yeah. Just crazy, challenging and stressful. Wow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot imagine. Um, okay. So back to, I guess, let, I, I'm really curious about like when you're working with um, a corporate client. um, the, the creative process with that, do they come to you with an idea fully formed? Or are they like, we love your crochet work. We like, we've seen you do these different projects with other companies. We have this project. What would you propose? Or is it like they have ideas? It, it goes either way. Sometimes, I mean, I love it when someone will come to me with an exact idea, exactly what they want. I would say that's more unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, but the crocheted billboard was exactly that. Like they brought me a design okay. and we're like, can you make this? So um, usually though, they'll give me a general idea of what they're looking for. And then I have gotten pretty good at like, I sketch on my phone. I'll okay. sketch up a bunch of di- like a few different ideas as a starting point, And then we work from there and sketches until we figure out what they want. And then I begin the crochet. Interesting. Um, yeah, but there's a, so much trial and error, like to figure out maybe somebody needs like a thousand snowflakes. Um, it almost takes more time to figure out one perfect snowflake mm-hmm. exactly how I want than to like m- do the actual like thousand other ones. Right, so right. it's, it's a process. It takes time, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, do you have people working with you or are you, is it just you right now? It depends on the project. So if it's like a something that requires a lot of hands with a quick turnaround, absolutely. I will get girls and sometimes guys to help me um, crochet all, you know, if I need a thousand snowflakes <laughs> and I know how to make the one now exactly how I want, I can right, tell right. them what I need. So generally it's like that. And then I'll piece everything together. But all my street art, all my like art that I do for fun on the street is always just, just, just you. Yeah. Cool. Um, so is, what is the split for you now? Like, um, as far as like what the, the projects you're working on for clients and the street art portion, how is, how are you like sort of splitting your time? It's, it's strange, I guess. I don't really have an exact, I'm looking at like my board of projects over there. (laughs) Um, I don't really have an exact like way to do it. It's really like priority of timing, I guess. So if something has to get done for a client, obviously that will be top priority. I won't be doing anything for fun. Mm -hmm. And then once that's out and maybe I have a little bit of leeway time in the middle of the week, I'll work on some stuff for fun here. Um, But then, as you know, it's like if my whole day was 12 hours of crocheting every day, it wouldn't be my full-time job because 
there's so much that goes into the emailing and the accounting and the planning and doing decks and proposals. And so my days mix of all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you recently came out with, uh, your own brand of lion brand yarn or your own line of lion brand yarn. Yeah. How did that happen? That's so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. It's like, it's so, so awesome. Cause I love the yarn, like, which makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's perfect for yarn bombing. Um, lion brand came to me with the idea to do some like projects and just patterns and box sets of different yarn. Mm-hmm. And it kind of expanded from there. So there's a bunch of yarn that's great for indoor and outdoor projects. It's all acrylic yarn because that's what's best for yarn bombing. Right. And it's bright colors and it's really fun to mix and match. Um, the part that I am so excited about is my crochet hook. Here's one in the <gasps> packaging. Oh, but awesome. I I developed these crochet hooks. I set it up next to my computer. So I have a 3D printer, but I use 3D printing to like combine all the best features of a big crochet hook because with the girls that would crochet for me, it would always be really clunky. Like there were never good hooks out there. So I shortened the stem, added the pointed tip, like added this twist. And, um, it's truly like, that's super the cool. best big hook. And, um, so this one's 3d printed. So mm-hmm. I got a patent recently ah, for yay. the twist oh. and it took two years. It was a big process, but super, super fun. That's to do. amazing. Congratulations. Uh, that's like one of those things that it's like, it feels so daunting and you just, you know, you take it step by step and then like, but look at what you have at the end of it. It's so amazing. <laughs> So amazing. And yeah, it's so cool. Um, but this is kind of cool. This is one that failed of a yeah. 3D print. So it's just like fun, whatever happens. Um, but yeah, that was an awesome process. And I'm really happy that like the yarn and the hooks with Lime Brand now also can kind of continue on a more like everybody can get them because the 3D hooks are more of a one-off. Yeah, 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 of course. My, uh, We have a bunch of 3D, a bunch. I think we have two 3D printers here because my husband is a crazy like tech nerd no way yeah but he just uses it for like random stuff around the house like he makes chip clips and like (laughs) shit that like like we lose we lose game pieces from like connect four or whatever so he'll make those and like we haven't really figured out a real use for them but (laughs) but yeah it's just fun to sit there and design stuff and yeah it's fun it's keeps the brain working in a different way (laughs) yeah totally so what um let me think uh so it sounds like you're really creative in so in like a lot of ways right so what else um other than fiber kind do you get like sort of geeked out on I do love like technology and doing things with like video editing and photoshop and um anything like computer savvy programming things I love yeah oh Um, yeah you mentioned sketching on your phone what what program do you use to do that I use Paper 54. It's um, an app that's been around for a really long time. And I discovered it like because of working at Apple. They had it on all the test iPads there. Um, It's just a great one because it it makes everyone look like a really good drawer. Cool. I'm going to have to check it out. (laughs) I always wonder what people are using. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do Do you use like a stylus or you just like use your hand? I use a stylus. Okay. Cool. And I, I have like three because I swear you'll use one for a little while and then the other one, it's like grass is always greener. It's like that stylus is better now. And oh, right, right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so actually, have you – I wanted to go back to Oleg for a second. Have you did, okay. have you spoken to her or met her again since that like Apple encounter? Yes. Um, right after I met her – I like looked at her website, obviously, and emailed her saying, I'm really fast at crocheting. If you ever need anybody to help you, I am down. And um, a couple months later, uh, when I kind of, I was, it's after my 30 day challenge and all of that stuff had already started. Um, I like was her assistant on a project in Little Italy in New York. Oh, that awesome. was really fun. And I got, I was dressed up in like one of the crocheted bodysuits that she makes mm-hmm. um, and like sat up on the top of a fence. So that was pretty sweet. And um, we've like crossed, I've worked for her another time and then crossed paths a few times since. So oh, very cool. she's definitely like my biggest inspiration on um, 
why I'm doing this. I wouldn't be doing this if I never met her. Yeah, no, that's so amazing. So I'm going to tell you my, my Oleg story real quick. Yeah. So back in, I think it must have been 2011. Yeah, it was definitely 2011. Um, the spring. Uh, and I'll, I know this because, okay, so um, I used to work in, in the museum field and I did PR for museums and cultural institutions. And so like one of my colleagues um, sent an email out to everyone and was like, hey, does anybody want to volunteer for this Oleg project? And I didn't even know who she was either at the time, but I was like, oh, this might be cool. Uh, whatever. I'll take a day. And my boss was, was fine with it. And so I ended up being one of the like people who were, who like walks around in the crochet outfit. Um, but it's so funny because that the reason I remember like exactly the timing is because that the morning of it, um, so what we, uh, yeah, the morning of it, I was like, okay, I was living in Jersey City at the time and I had to take the bus, I think, into Port Authority because we had to meet in Times Square and, um, I was like violently ill and I was like, but I have to do this because I felt like, like she, she was depending on me and like, I don't know. I mean, there was like a bunch of people. There was maybe 10 of us walking around in these suits and like we had to hold these poster boards and stuff. Um, But anyway, I was like throwing up at the Port Authority like bathroom and yeah, it was terrible. And I just like suffered through the day. I was like, just like sweating and felt sick the entire time and was walking around and it was hot out. And plus you're wearing a crochet outfit, right? And it turns out I was pregnant. And that's like, I didn't know. I just thought I was like really ill and whatever. But that was like, that was the day. And I remember also thinking I looked like I felt a little fat in the suit. But um, (laughs) that was the first time, like like the day after I took a test. And I was like, oh, that's what happened. That's why. And now you will forever remember exactly. Yes. Yes. So crazy. Yes. I worked with her on like for two days being like a person in a suit. It was, it was Mm -hmm. a very interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. I will I will say the one mistake I made was um I don't know why, but I was wearing a nude color thong underneath, like not realizing how exposed my ass was. Oh yeah. <laughs> like pretty no, exposed. I wore, I wore pants, but it was also like in the middle of winter oh, when I did yeah. it. So yeah, I no, didn't I was have naked that. underneath. What was I thinking? <laughs> like standing in Times Square where there were little kids like walking <laughs> around. <laughs> they don't know though but it just yeah yeah now that I look back I'm like oh that was a really bad choice right (laughs) anyway yeah so that was my fun Oleg story nice yeah um so when you think about like how far you've come in this in this art and in your practice and in this business what would you love to see happen in your near future Every day right now is like a roller coaster, I would say. So I think it would be really nice to start to have it be a little more consistent with with what I'm doing, be able to find some more consistency and gain a little more, I don't know, just peace. Because right now, I get anxious because you don't know what's going to come from project to project or what's going to come next. So um, I think that would be like a really nice goal, how to do that. You know, I have tons of ideas and hopefully yeah well and it seems like the lion brand thing is one of those kinds of things where you can have something stable coming out I mean I don't know what your deal is or whatever with them financially but it's it's one of those things that I I hope you're scaling with them and you know somehow like that is exactly the sort of thing that just like ah will make it so I don't have to feel like I'm just like pulling at strings all the time but sometimes if you're giving it your hustle and doing things like that, like maybe that's why it's happening. Yeah, so, yeah. I get too complacent and chill. Um, so yeah, finding yeah. that balance. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard as a, as an artist and as a creative person in general. Just I think all of us are kind of scared about the next steps. And even when things feel great and successful, like I, I feel great right now, but I, I'm always constantly thinking about the next couple of years and how fast things change and how fast tastes change. And um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things I think we all kind of struggle with. But um, I hope putting it out there helps us manifest something for you that, you know, the next big project comes along. And um, yeah, because your work is super awesome. Thank you. So fun. And you talk about Instagram a lot and the way that people share and now can see it all. And that is just such a great platform, I think, for all the fiber art. Yeah, same here. There's just so much. 
So it keeps, it keeps pushing you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, what would you like, what do you consider? What would, what would you consider, uh, like your, your next dream commission, if you could have like your pick of any client to choose or any project or any space, what would you want to do? I think it'd be really cool to do like an album cover for, for a musician. Ooh, that'd be um, so fun. I think, yeah, I think that would be an exciting one. I always say like covering the Hollywood sign and crochet or the Statue of Liberty, like some giant thing. Um, but permission for those things uh when i've googled it seems a little tricky yeah um, the hollywood sign I mean, that'd be amazing but they don't get they don't let anyone near it they have the people like patrolling no. like helicopters patrolling every day right like to make sure there's no one touching it exactly like yeah. i have tried to like figure out ways i've emailed like different like members of the la like yeah. governing board of that area and no luck. No yet, luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So day. speaking of, so you're in LA now, where you, and you, yeah. so you moved from New York. What um, what made you move? Um, there were a lot of different reasons. I was there for ten years, so I always said like I want to come back here. My family's here. Um, I kind of had like the similar thing maybe to a lot of people. The landlord sold our building, mm. raised the rent three times, gave us a few months to move. Um, so that kind of happened, me wanting to go back and, uh, it was just the perfect storm. So yeah. I, I'm happy. It's definitely an adjustment though. I go back and forth between New York and here. I'm like, I'll be in New York at least maybe once a month, once every other oh, month. Oh, that's good. So, that's a good balance. Then. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're essentially bi-coastal. <laughs> yes. That was the goal. It's a lot harder to do than I thought. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, that's what, that's, that's what I'm trying. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you feel like? So you've been doing this, let's see, six, yeah, six years. Um, is there anything that you feel like you've uh, sort of learned? Maybe not, not even necessarily in in crochet and fiber art and whatever, but just kind of in life. That like, is there anything you've learned that you used to think very differently about that you? have kind of changed your mind about or just what is like something big that you feel like you've learned in this process? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, it's so broad. One, sorry. It's like yeah, no, no. There's a few things that come to mind. Like one of them, the project takes however long you have. Like yeah. I find with things, if it has to be done by a certain time, you're going to figure it out and get it done by that time. Yeah. Um, so that brings me a little bit of like a calming feeling when times get really difficult if I'm working under a tight deadline. Um, another big lesson I've learned that I still work on every day is asking for help. Mm -hmm. I did not think I was a perfectionist before going into this. Um, but now I've realized I do like things to look a certain way and done a certain way. Um, so asking for help sometimes isn't the easiest, yeah. but it, it's necessary. If I, I don't know everything, I need help sometimes. Like everybody needs help sometimes, and it's okay to, to ask. Yeah, totally. Um, so that would be another. another I know big it's hard one. to do. Like I have a hard time doing that, and even delegating, even within a project, I think probably delegating yeah. is a little bit hard. And trusting that the product is going to turn out the way that you envision it, and but <laughs> that's one of those things with fiber art in particular that like you. Sure, you could do it all by yourself if you had a year per project, but it's like, oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, sometimes your projects are probably what, like, where you have just a few weeks, or, um, you know, not even that sometimes to get it done. Exactly. There was one project I did a school bus for a Gap commercial. That, like, again, coming through my email inbox, like, whoa, <laughs> of course you say yes, but I had never done that before. I ran into so many roadblocks, oh like ended up spending so much more on certain things just because I had never done it. And with such a tight timeline, it's like you have to act like I had to get other people yeah. involved. How long did you from the point where they emailed you to like where you needed to have it executed and done? How long did you have? I want to say like two and a half weeks, which what? sounds... I was about to say, which sounds maybe like a long time. No. Because okay, no. um, that was like measuring the school bus, which I had to do out like by the airport, JFK, and like 
So I had to measure a school bus and then getting yarn for these large projects. Like you can't, when I did the crochet billboard, I thought I could go to Michael's that I was out of my mind. So then you like, and then you like quite, quadruple the price to quote them like yeah no that's not it's not happening so lion brand has been an amazing partner because of things like that but like so I go to measure the school bus out by JFK then I go to the lion brand outlet in New Jersey and like load up the uber with like yarn that I need (laughs) we have to take it out of boxes and like stuff it in the trunk yeah 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 I know like and then like breaking down the parts of the school bus to then delegate to the people Oh my gosh. Then piecing it together. It's just like, it's a process. So to have people help with the actual crochet yeah. is, oh my gosh, some of these wouldn't get done without them. I'm sure. And how do you find people to, to reach out to, to hire and help? It's, I mean, the knitting and crochet community is amazing. Yeah. Like to get Instagram. paid on Netflix. Yeah. So like at one point I put out an ad on Instagram and I'll like collect names um, people, I see girls like crocheting on the subway and I'll be like, Hey, you want to crochet? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I like have just lists. I have a great team in LA now that I can call on if I need, I have a great team in New York. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to have people that you can trust, but it is still hard sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all a learning process really. Um, mm-hmm. right now when, when companies or, um, even like institutional clients, if they want to reach out to you, is it all directly to you or do you have someone who has sort of manages that? For a while, when I lived in New York, my sister worked for me and she would do a lot of that. Um, but I, and I've had like other assistants throughout time, but I do it all myself right now. So it's a lot, girl. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. Um, do you find time for other things in your life right now? Like, do you have any like, um, daily rituals or habits that are sort of, um, that you have to do every day? Like, for example, I don't know, I have to do yoga like twice a week at least, or I kind of feel uncentered. Yes. I, uh, grew you know, as we talked about earlier, grew up doing ballet. So I take ballet on Saturdays. Oh, that's great like, that you're still doing it. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like going into a ballet class. It's just like, okay, I know what to do here. Yeah. It's all like muscle memory. It comes back. And um, so that's a great kind of thing. I do. Have you heard of the artist way? It's like um, a kind of a workbook. It's a 12 week course thing yes. and it gives you different exercises. So one of the practices in that is morning pages where you just write on paper, all the things going through your mind and let those anxieties out. So then you don't have to think about them the rest of the day. Yeah. Is that, so, Steve, is that Stephen Pressfield? It is like, her name's Julia oh, okay. something. Okay. And I can't believe I don't remember her last name right now, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's morning pages. I try to do sometimes I just, I don't, uh, but, but yeah, that's a great morning practice. I try to run outside. I got to get outside sometimes well, yeah. <laughs> go to dinner with friends. Like, yeah. So that I have the balance, um, but I did it when I was working a full-time job right? and did this. So sometimes I'm like, at least I have all this time and it's all crocheting out. Right, right. <laughs> Isn't it interesting to think about like the drive and the like the obsession when you're in that stage in life? Like when you were doing the, the two-job thing. I think that, about that and I'm it, like, how did I it, do that? You know, it's like – but there's something in you. There's like this engine that just kind of keeps you going and you don't even pay attention to like – I don't – even like your your physical stuff goes by the wayside too. You like ignore how you're feeling physically and you just like work. Oh, yeah. Tunnel vision. It's crazy. And for some reason also at those times sometimes I was very creative. Like yeah. now sometimes it's hard for me to like think of like, all right, what's the next yarn bomb I want to do? Because now that's like taking time away from my other, the actual paid work. So I don't want to spend time making a yarn bomb. That's like not going to be that great. It's gotta be. Totally. back then it was just like one thing to the next, to the next. And yeah, it's a different, different stage, but I love this place that I'm at. Yeah. there is this weird thing like you have you feel the need to tap to keep tapping yourself right like especially with your own your personal creative projects that like yeah like that it's not worth doing if it's not going to be like super wow 
Right, which is so silly at the same time. But yeah. yeah, it's like, I like though to keep learning and improving my skills. Like YouTube is so amazing. I use, like I mentioned, like all single crochet stitches for mm-hmm. mostly everything I do. But Sometimes when I like crochet, I just learned to crochet a flower crown. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. A two hour YouTube video with like a teeny, teeny, tiny hook. And like that stuff is fun sometimes yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to do. So just switching it up. Cool. Um, is there anything you have coming up, like projects that you're working on that you wanted to talk about? That um, the people know I, about? I have a book coming out <gasps> in September. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. What's the title? Thank you. Uh, Crochet with London K. Oh, cool. So is it, it's like an instructional kind of book? It's half and half. So half is super simple projects like learning to crochet the alphabet, learning to crochet shapes, like really basic things. Okay. Um, some really fun like yarn bombing patterns, like crocheting a, like a tree wrap and things like nice. that. Um, and then the other half is like inspiration photos from my past work with the stories behind each piece. So oh, that's so cool. It it was I didn't expect that part to be such an enjoyable process or I knew it would be enjoyable but not as enjoyable like really thinking back to some of these pieces and like where I was in my life when I made them mm-hmm. and what kind of was the reason for creating that. It was like very therapeutic. I had never even thought about a lot of that stuff. So oh, I bet. it's a really, I really, really love both sections, but that part in particular, even if the other part wasn't there, I'd say is worth buying the book. Yeah, no, so. that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, it's true. Like being able to have something that's forcing you to think about the pro- the, the projects you've done in the past. It's like, a, it's almost a spiritual thing. Like, where was I then in my life and how far have I come and what's been going on in my head the whole time? It's, it's really cool. Yeah, it was really exciting. And on the cut, I guess it's confirmed, but I, um, there's a sneaker pattern in the book, like how to crochet sneakers. Cause oh, that's, that's one so of the cool. things I've been doing for so long. So yeah, like Converse sneakers, you can like cover them in crochet. So oh, that's, that's awesome. going to be a pattern. Fun. So is the book done and you're just sort of waiting on edits and stuff? Or are you still working on it? Done. Um, I'm so excited. Um, everything's in. It comes out in September. And um, yeah, so that was like, it's like a long process as I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you know. Like I have no idea actually. Back. Tell me. Uh, <laughs> it started like uh, over a year ago now. Okay. So just like it's very well organized. Like you need this amount of, you need all your words in by this date. You right. need all your photos in by this date. And I work very well with like that sort of outline. I don't like right. when things are like, you can do it however you want. Get me at any time. Okay. Right. You need structure. <laughs> I need structure. So it was like such a great process because of that. And, um, it, yeah, it was fun. So did the pub- <laughs> did the publisher reach out to you um, with an idea in mind already, or how did how did it come about? It they reached out with me like with like a vague like a kind of a outline of what they were thinking. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like the projects that I did, the photos that I wanted in it, the way that I wrote the introduction, like that was all me. Yeah. So I do think they came to me with like photos and patterns. But everything like filling all from that in was all all me. Oh, cool. But I trust them too. Like with certain choices, I'm like, okay, they've done this a lot. Let yeah. me just who's be the publisher? Like, yep, Abram. Oh, okay, awesome. Oh, they're so yeah. good. At, they're so good at they're doing these. So books. good. Yeah, yeah, like so good. So um, that's why some of those choices, if I don't know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. we'll go with what you say. <laughs> so, do you, for the photos of past projects, did you already have? like you had available photos that were you know that were well photographed (laughs) these iPhones are insane like (gasps) that's amazing that you can use iPhone photos on it that's awesome oh not for the actual book like um, not the product and stuff all the photos I took with the photographer for the book like the first part are Mm -hmm. all in like highest quality ever and then the ones in the back I got highest quality photos for everything but there are a few of them 
that are iPhone photos. I would say they're the ones within like the last two years on right. the iPhone though. Oh, right, so right, not right. like back. Yeah. Um, but some of the ones on the iPhone worked like Amazing. quality check. So, um, that was really lucky, but that's part of it. Like getting permission from each person that took a photo to be able to be used. Like, oh, right. um, you have to make sure you have all that for each, each image. So that was a process, but they gave me a deadline and <laughs> it forced me to get it done. So. Yeah. So all said and done, I mean, since it took about, it took a year. I would say yeah. it took a year. Yeah. Okay. There's still like little things that we're doing back and forth, but um, yeah, it took about a year. That's so awesome. So when is it going to be released? Do you have like a launch September date? September 17th. Okay. Yay. Hear that everyone? September 17th. Crochet with London? I know. Is that what's called? Crochet with London Crochet. K. Okay. Awesome. I like want to check. Yeah. Crochet with London K. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, are you going to have pre-orders up or how's that, how does that work? I don't think so. Yeah, I think okay. it's just going to be available oh. when okay. it's for sale. On Amazon. It's not a pre-order yet. Okay. Yeah. Amazon and Barnes and Noble for sure. And then hopefully a million other places, but I don't know yet. That's <laughs> awesome. Yay. I'm so excited for you. And I'm definitely going to grab Thank a copy. You. It sounds really fun and interesting and like, ah. And I need to learn more crochet projects because the only thing I know and the only thing I keep doing lately is like baskets. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with making baskets. <laughs> That's a great project. Yeah, I know. They're fun because like the kind of fiber that I sell just ends up, it just ends up lending itself to it because it's not, it's not wool. It's cotton. It's either cotton or, or rope. So like I'll end up making rope baskets. I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. That needs to be like my next like not a flower crown, but a basket yeah. project. <laughs> That's so cool. Nice. Um, so let's see. I want to see if I have some trivia questions for you. Um, what do you do while you're working? Like, do you listen to stuff? Do you listen to podcasts or watch shows or listen to music? I have an OK Google, which is probably going to go off since I said it. <laughs> um, so I listen to music sometimes. I listen to podcasts rarely because I lose uh my train of thought mm. I'll find myself like caught up in the crochet mm -hmm. and not and miss like two minutes of what they're saying right um but sometimes I'll listen to like the daily podcast I listen to you when I drive Aww, um, <laughs> <laughs> because it requires like I want to like make sure I get every word yeah yeah um but I'm a big Netflix watcher yeah I gotta say if I need to knock out like a big crocheted whale um, <laughs> or whatever, um, yeah, finding a good season of something is always, always great. But it can't be like Game of Thrones. That's too complicated. No, 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 something, no, no, no. Yeah, Game of Thrones requires like, like your your whole attention to understand full, the full story. Yeah. Exactly. So it does have to be something that I don't really care about, but keeps my attention on some level. So yes. You know what's really yeah. good? Um, my uh, crazy ex girlfriend. Do you watch that? Oh yeah, oh, man, I haven't. So good. I I've seen some of the first season. See, this is great. I'll add it to my list. That's add it to your list. It's freaking brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. It almost and it, no and like I it kind of like it would be great if you were watching it because she does those dance numbers and stuff. Yeah, but they're exactly. also just great songs. So like, you don't actually have to watch. It's it's good. it's good to listen to while you're working. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, we don't need to, I don't need to look sometimes. <laughs> I can just feel. Another good thing, actually, I like talking on the phone when I'm crocheting. Oh, really? It's a good time to like call and check in with people and like. <laughs> That's amazing. That How, um, how, uh, 80s of you, no, 90s of you. <laughs> I don't talk I guess. to anyone I on the phone anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I have like, even my best friends, we never talk on the phone. It's yeah. like texting only, you know? I don't know. That's awesome. You still have friends that will talk to you. It's Yeah, it's true. It's very <laughs> lucky. Also, a lot of times it's like my mom or my dad or my sister. Oh, that's sister. awesome. But <laughs> are, they, are they also in LA or is everyone kind of spread out? They are. My sister and I actually lived together in New York for the last two years we were there. Um, so we both moved back to LA at the same time and I come from like a super artsy family. My mom's, um, was my dance teacher. She's like an artist. Oh, my wow. dad's a children's writer and oh, wow. for like scripts and TV and my sister's an actress and stand up comedian. So we all do. Cool <laughs> family. What kind of artist is your mom? <laughs> 
she has done it all. Like now she does a lot of like graphic art, mm-hmm. um, graphic design art on, on an iPad actually. Um, but she painted for years and years. She's used like oil and watercolors and anything and everything. She's mm. so artsy and crafty. So yeah. she definitely inspired me in a way. She's learned to crochet now. Oh, she didn't know before? No. So she like has helped me on projects too. She did like a piece of the the billboard and everything. Oh, that's so awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again. Um, I'm excited to see what comes comes next for you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on neuromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.